Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are Sean, Liam and Johnny. How are you going, Sean? <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming to me first, Jared. Uh, since you really did it, inhaling a pot noodle off there. <laughs> really, really did it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. Uh, yeah, apart from that, I'm doing all right, yeah. Bit nervous. You always are in the build-up, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Getting the butterflies already. Uh, we'll be fine. The worst part for us over here is we've got to somehow sleep before it. Figure that out. Guys over here, yeah. uh, let's go in the UK and everything. They're all waking up and it's game day now. So it'll be yeah. interesting. But yeah. How are you, John? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, yeah, just like I was saying, just yeah, getting a bit butterflies in the stomach and getting the anticipation. I've got all my set up ready for waking up at, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning and sticking the revs on. So yeah, Sl- like half buzzing and half. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, no, it's it's gonna happen anyway. We're uh it's three forty five kickoff for me, so I'll be going oh. getting up pretty early and going straight yeah. to work after that. You'll be up before the birds, Sean. Perfect. Oh man, those crows have been waking me up all week, you fuckers. Because I've been having to have the window open <laughs> keep cool, but oh my god. What's going on with you, Liam? How's the um how's it going in Japan? I'm uh, I'm in isolation, boys. Um, don't worry, it's not because the wife's left me. It's because <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, I had uh, I had a COVID test yesterday, which luckily was negative. But uh, uh, schools have told me to stay home for the next three days just for a uh, just for safety's sake. So uh, I do have a bit of the sniffles, a bit of a cold, because uh, unlike Alan McGregor, I actually caught something at the weekend. <laughs> that was good. Talk, Rangers fans, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> well rehearsed. Well rehearsed. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I heard so, that um, did catch something at the weekend, but it was probably chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> Out celebrating his 40th. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, so uh, what we'll do is we'll do the usual. So if you're tuning in and you um, haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Self Down Under podcast, whether it's on your podcast app or on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. All the socials are up the top of the screen, so you can find us that way. If you're tuning in and you want to get involved tonight in the comments section, please just make sure you grant access for Facebook so you can do that if you're watching through there. If you're watching it on Twitter or on or on YouTube, that's fine. Just comment away. Uh, we might get some of them up there. But what we'll do is we'll start off with the usual. I know everyone wants to talk about the derby, so we'll hold off on that for a couple more minutes. We'll quickly rehash the uh, game from the weekend, Celtic 1, Dundee United 0. Liam, what was your thoughts on the game? Uh, an absolutely awful game for 90 minutes and followed by one minute of unbridled joy. <laughs> so, um, he said, I had your own punchline in there, boys. Um, no, it was uh, just one of those games where I had the feeling we were going to get the goal, but then as time went on, I started to think, wait a minute, maybe no here, you know, because their keeper was just that Seacrest is one of the best keepers in, in well, on, on form, one of the best keepers in Britain at the moment. The guy's phenomenal. Same and uh, Celtic really should look to make moves for him in the summer, especially if he's going to be a free agent, as uh, as is being rumoured. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just a... It's a cliche, but games like that are, are where, you know, you, if you're going to win the league, you have to capitalise when, when your rivals slip up. And after that... Um, after that uh, 
Ross County Rangers game. The what the worst thing possible would have been if we hadn't capitalised on that. You know, so it was a nice wee psychological barrier to break over because I don't think we did that at all last season. I can't remember a time when they lost or drew and then we won. They didn't lose all season in the league, so there you go. Yeah. It's only when they had a few uh, draws. Aye, and even when they drew, usually we either drew or get beat as well. So, yep. Um, yeah, so it's just a. Sean, oh. do you want to take oh. over? Your thoughts? <laughs> oh, same thing, man. It was a really frustrating 90 minutes, and <clears throat> I thought. It was headed for now, now, like from the moment that O'Reilly missed that, I wouldn't call it a sitter, but it was a really big chance. Uh, uh, whoever it was found him on the Jota, I think, found him on the penalty spot and he put it wide. From then on, it looked like now, now. Uh, Jack and Marcus was pretty poor. As, as good as he was against Hearts, he was really poor against Dundee United. And that one that everyone's crediting Seagrass with being like save of the season, I'm like, well, if you actually see the angle from behind the goals, it's not even on target. Uh, like, it looks like he's hitting outside of the post with that shot. Um, so, and even, and also, the I think he was kind of, the arse went out him after the one where he was through and goal. And uh, Butcher managed to sneak in his blind side and get the ball away. And that, that was poor as well. Like, he should have positional awareness. Do you know what I mean? He should know who's around him. Uh, he should know that that defender's there. So, I thought that was poor awareness too. So, I, I thought he was poor overall. And when we went down to 10 men, I didn't see us scoring. <clears throat> and that, that cross that Jota puts in, and the, and the Dundee United player basically fucks it up. And, like, if you go back and watch the replay, you can see, like, as, as soon as he gets caught under it, you can see it in his face. He knows it's going to be a goal. Uh, and his just his soul leaves his body. You can kind of see it. Um, and it was one of those ones, like, it's just a hopeful cross as well. And if nobody's going to make a mistake, you're not going to get a goal. Um the kind of one where like... different take on that there, Sean. I was quickly jump in when I yeah, watched the replay. You know what I saw? What I saw a Neil Lennon tactic: switch the wingers. Well, <laughs> Abada was up front technically at that point. Yeah, wasn't well, I get but that, yeah. but what I'm saying is, all game was playing wide right. Jota yeah. was wide left, and then suddenly the cross comes in from Jota wide right to Abada mm. at the back post. I'm like, I saw that and thought, wow, okay, that's a bit different. We switched the wingers and it worked. <laughs> Well, because Abada just missed a header at the back post a couple of minutes before yeah. as well. But yeah, like the, it's, that's the sort of cross that if you think back to the 0-0 game against Livingston, we had like 50 of those crosses and didn't get a single goal. So it's, it's one of those ones we talked about earlier in the season. They're really low percentage. They're, they are 1-50, 1-100. And uh, just lucky, I guess, that the Dundee United player stuffed up. But it was very... Yeah, the celebrations were great. Uh in my house and particularly in Celtic Park. Uh, so, yeah, it was a relief, massive relief and to know that we can, we've can we got a chance to go on top. Uh, whether we do or not, to just be in that touching distance is great. John, what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, I agree with everybody. It, uh, the goal was phenomenal. I also, I did, for the first time, I actually went to my bed at like, I don't know, like, I think it was like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock and then woke up at, I think it was the 2 a.m. or the 3 a.m. here, whenever the game was kicking off. And I was sitting there for, oh, God, you know, all the way up into the goal, thinking, what the hell have I gotten up this early for to watch a bloody nil-nil it? I was fuming. <laughs> but then when that, that goal, you know, went in and I'm screaming off the top of my lungs at 4 a.m., you know, my neighbours probably hate me, but that's what it's all about, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I, look, the, I think the first half, the first half especially, we were really, really poor. Um, I thought, and that was really telling with all of the changes we made at the um, 
the halftime. So, yeah, I, I, it was one of those ones that you were watching where you were literally like, you could feel a goal coming, but it was just, we were so inefficient in front of goal. You could definitely feel it coming. We were, um, we were just being ineffective in the front of goal. So, yeah, it, I, I think we well deserved the win. Um, and then maybe on another day when, uh, you know, maybe like Giacomacchus is having a better game and stuff, some of those goals. Because there's a couple of ones that he just sort of sclaffed and um, nearly went in, you sort of saw the ball, the ball sort of spinning and rolling and it never really um, managed to get into the back of the net. But maybe on another day, that's a goal. Um, look, I think I think the midfield actually had a really good game. I think it's worth talking about Bitton. I think both, I, I don't have any arguments with the sending off. Um, I think... I think I think it was I think it was I think it's really unfortunate because now we have a really big question mark there in the middle of the pitch. But I, I, honestly, I um, I don't think he's necessarily he's, he's taken he's taken two for the team there, really, hasn't he? Both of those are um, both of those are goal scoring opportunities potentially, or big chances at least. So yeah, him 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 taking you know that sort of captain role um, on the chin sort of stuff and 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 um, you know basically rug, rugby tackled. I can't, I can't remember who it was. It was the whoever the striker was, Nicky Clark, maybe. Um, yeah, it was hundred uh, percent um, needed to happen. That ball was getting away. That should have been a foul beforehand. We'll just say that straight up. That 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 ref should have given a foul against Taylor every single day of the week. But Bitton seen it. He can only play the whistle, and he's done what he's had to do. So it's unfortunate. Now we have a now we have a really big hole in the middle for you know the important game and stuff, but. Um, yeah, I think overall, which is one of those really frustrating games to watch, um, but we got the job done, and the celebrations were immense. It, I, you can see as well that it made it meant a really big deal to everybody, and I'm not buying that these players aren't having a little look about the scores the, the other side of the, the road and stuff. And they knew that they knew that the the orcs had um, drew, so they knew they knew a big win here was was really really needed, and you could see that in all of them. They just went off the nut. The funny uh, thing, uh, is, um, sorry. The funny thing there, John, you were saying about getting up early for it and everything. I told you guys this in the group chat. I knew it was a Sunday, so Sunday our time. I thought it was Sunday night. So I completely <laughs> forgot. Phone on, do not disturb. Plan on getting up, watch the game. And what happened? Turn me phone back on. And you guys are chatting in the group chats. And I'm like, oh, shit, the game was last night. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched the replay and everything like that. Happy days. Mm-hmm. But so it wasn't quite the same for me watching it. So I could more... And, because I knew the result, I could watch it more with a bit of a um, objective, an objective eye. And yeah, like there were some some basic things there. But what's been you guys have covered the majority of what I wanted to say anyway about it. But the one other thing is you mentioned John about how wasteful and Sean same deal. I keep saying we're going to batter a team soon. Mm. That the amount of chances we created there, all it's going to take is one or two to go in. And that could have been five or six. So we were lucky at the end of the day it was a 1-0 win. Like, we deserved the win. We got it. But at the same time, if I was watching that live like you guys, oh, I would have been furious getting up at stupid o'clock to watch it. <laughs> wasn't fun. <clears throat> no, it wasn't the end. Yeah. <laughs> Just on the, the subject of Ben Cinder off as well, I think that kind of ties into how poor Ralston was because the first booking is Ralston takes an awful, awful touch and, like, mm-hmm. loses possession and... There's a counter attack on, and Bitten like takes the guy down before he uh, he can get yeah. away. So, Ralston, who's been poor 
since the turn of the year, since we came back, it was very, very poor against Dundee United. Some really shocking touches. And yeah, obviously Scales and Forrest didn't survive half time. Uh, Jack and Marcus was poor. So yeah, those were the, the problem positions in that game. 100%. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think it's also, it's also worth, worth mentioning um, oh, uh, the Doak when he came on as well, 16 year old. I, I, look, I, look, I've seen a lot of people say he didn't really do much. I actually think he did for, for his debut um, and at Celtic Park in such a big game as well. I think he did. I think he did pretty good, to be honest. He looks on that, John. Yeah, perfect. Like what you're saying is with him, I look at it and go, you're spot on. Like he doesn't look like your typical 16 year old, first of no. all. But for Ange to put him on in that scenario, shows that he's got faith in him and that there's a player there. Yeah. Knowing Ange and the way he's been over the years, he likes to bring through younger guys. He's not going to put someone in unless they've earned it. 100%. Uh, Liam, you wanted to to say something before I jumped in. I was just going to say that, um, talking about Beaton, does it not speak volumes to how far he has come this year that we are all going into the game tonight thinking, oh shit, Beaton's not playing? Whereas six months ago, it would have been, oh, great, Beton's no playing. We might do well here, you know? Yeah. It really does speak volumes to how much he has, well, him and Tony Ralston both, you know, six or seven months ago, those are two guys that could have left Celtic and I don't think any of us would have shed any tears. But now they've become two indispensable members of the squad. And that speaks to the, their attitude and it also speaks to Ange's skill as a manager to take players who were not cutting it before and turn them into world beaters, you know? I think I think Beton is the... I don't know about how you guys feel, but I think Beton is almost like the last uh, decent midfielder we have there before you start getting into the really big question marks, like your McCarthy's and your Soros and stuff. Like... I, I think I think Beton could easily is is now easily seen as part of the rotation. So he he's he can get games at you know away to Ross County and stuff, and and we can all quite comfortably go. Oh yeah, like you're saying, like Beton's in, and, and that's not really a massive concern. Um, I I I I do think that afterwards it gets really difficult to justify. Like if McCarthy's starting um, tomorrow morning, I'm I'm panicking. I'm dead worried personally. Yeah, well, we'll touch on that a bit later on, John, who's going to start in that position. But for me, I'm probably the only one not worried that Bidon's not playing. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll go into that later on as well. But, yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not too upset that he's not playing. Like, it is what it is. But as you guys said, six months ago, it would have been Bidon's playing great. He's in there now. Cool. Because he's back in his proper position. He's back playing mm. the midfield where we signed him and what the actual what his proper position is. Yeah. None of this, oh, let's play guys in different positions because we need someone there. Let's play Kelmack at left back. You know, let's play Vitam at centre back. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Let's play Mike, um, not Michael Johnson, Lewis Morgan as a striker. Like, yeah, you know, and then the the only, I think the only caveat there is a barter up front is for you could almost turn him into a centre forward. I reckon he's one. Yeah, yeah, anywhere across the front three. 20, 21 years old now, whatever he is, give him another six to 18 months under Ange and that'll be his natural position. Mm, Maybe, yeah. He can definitely do a job there, like an actual decent job as well. 
I think just just the just my final point on Beton. I think it's I think it's good that he's finally having a season that he's having now. Seeing that next year is testimonial. That that's mm. quite good. Like if if he if he was having a testimonial where he was sort of in obscurity in the squad and then about that's you know that's unfortunate for the player that's been there for ten years. But he's actually having a really big part in the team now. So maybe if he keeps it up next year, his testimony will be a really big event. Do you know, just come back to something you picked up on there, John. Um, the uh, the question of Abada as a striker. I don't know what you guys think, but see with the game that um, that uh, Jack Amakis was having on Saturday, I think he would have missed that chance that Abada scored had he been in that same position. The composure yeah. and the touch that Abada showed, the coolness under pressure, Giacomacchus is capable of it, but the game he was having on Saturday, that wouldn't have happened. I, I disagree. I think he would have taken such a bad touch that it probably would have bounced into the net. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, oh, you never know. Uh, who was that? Who was that? I forget his name. Or something. There was that, we had that absolute bloody donkey of a strike, Carlton Cole. Do you remember his name? Could be worse. <laughs> Colin Kazim Richards. Oh that's god, that's say. going back as well. Yeah, he had, he had a one. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, it was it was brutal. Yeah, yeah. I do. I think I think Jackamacus would have missed that somehow. He would have he would have made a dog's meal of it. I I I, I think uh, he probably. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to talk about the squad. I think Jackamacus. Um, I always thought he was a bit of a. Um, he only had one good season, right? He had one good season before we bought him. He, it, it is a risk to buy players like that. I can understand why Celtic would want to do that. We have to get in early, and, you know, almost make a gamble on these things. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's going to cut it personally. I think I've seen enough for him, and he's just not. Like I understand he's had a lot of injuries, and um, and Shane, he's you know he had a mini preseason recently with Jamesy Forrest and stuff, and this is him actually starting out. He needs to he needs to get up to speed fast. I mean, compare him to say any of the Japanese boys that have come in, or or even like O'Reilly and stuff, and they've just absolutely walked into the team. Jackamaki just hasn't done that yet. So yeah, hopefully he proves right. us wrong tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hope to see that. So what we'll do quickly is we'll jump on and go. What the heck is Liam doing? <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll about. Well, Sorry, guys. I think I think my internet has caught a virus as well as me. <laughs> Before we get into the the derby preview, I just want to quickly touch on the transfer deadline day. No incomings. Uragiri out to Ustend on loan with a with a fee agreed, and Monty to Aberdeen for the end till the end of the season. We'll quickly go around the room here, real quick. One one or two sentences on what we think of each of them, and then we'll just get on with it. So, Sean, what's your thought on the Uruguay one? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming there's no loan to buy option, which is fine. That's what I want. Get him some minutes in a good level. Uh, there's a loan to buy on it. It's already is agreed. It? Uh, oh, yeah, shit. there's a, the exact yeah. same thing we did with Jack Hendry with the same club. Didn't learn the lesson, did they? John, um, I, I actually personally, I'm not bothered. That, he, that there's an option to buy on him. I, like I understand he had a decent game against Betis and stuff, but I think if you were, if we were to believe all the rumors and stuff that he's just he's turned up and he's miles off it from even the B team. Um, yeah, good. You know, all the best to him and stuff. But I, I I'm not bothered that he's moving on. I think you know, young lads gonna have, might have a better career, but it's just not at Celtic. So um, yeah, not bothered at all by that one. Almost probably 
go as far as that. I'm a bit happy about it. Um, Monty to Aberdeen, yeah, we'll fantastic. Do Monty next. John, just oh yeah, sorry. All right, well, we'll do that. Liam, we'll do that next. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a player looking more pissed off in his signing for a new club photo shoot than Urugidi was the other night? He did not look like a happy bunny. Um, I think um, bloke who left. Um, there's the only one I can say that compares. There's a Lennon who left uh, Tottenham and went to Everton. It's the only one. I think Aaron Lennon or something like that. Aye. The only yeah. one that compares to this. Like, did not look happy. Yeah. But um, I, I tend to agree with John here because even if even if it does become a permanent move for the boy, he's gonna we're gonna turn a profit on it because we signed him for basically nothing in the close season. So, you know, a player who may or may not make it into the first team squad, I don't think is ever going to be a first team pick. Um, could go on to play well at a decent level elsewhere, and if Celtic make a few quid out of it, we all win. So I don't think it's a great loss either way. Yeah, for me, I kind of agree. I would have rather he just went on loan without the um, the fee. Like, because if he plays well over in Belgium the same way Hendry did, his value is going to go through the roof. And and the only thing we we run the risk of here is he goes there, he plays well, then they find a seller for him, settle us off, pay us, and then make the big sell on again, like what happened with Hendry. But at the same time, as you guys, John and Liam, as you just said, he's miles off the first team with us. So, yeah, if we make a profit on him overall, so be it. That's it. Now with Monty, I think it's a great great spot for him to land, go up there, have Bruni around. So he's got somebody who knows there, somebody who knows his game. Get get some development within our league against the teams that we're going to play against when he comes back. And at the same pitches in the same sort of weather conditions, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's a great place for him to land, and it's a really good move. What's your thoughts, Sean? I'm just not sure he fits into their system, um, so I'm not sure how much game time he'll get. I can see him being a sub most weeks. Um, I, I get what you're saying. It's a good environment. I'm just not sure he'll get enough game time for it to be a smart move. John? Yeah, fair point there, Sean, to be honest. Um it depends on what position they're playing him as well, to be honest. Um, I mean, is he is he there to replace Hedges? I think Hedges moved on recently in this, or in this window at least. Um, is he going to be a winger sort of stuff, or is he going to be a is he going to be a left back? Um, hopefully, it's a, as a winger. Um, well, they signed a Dutch boy to replace Hedges. Yeah, right. So look, you, you're probably right. Then he probably won't get as much game time as what we're all thinking, right? Which is the Christie model. He might not quite get that amount of exposure, but um, yeah. I do still think it's you know a good move. The guy's not going to get much game time, I don't think, at Selwick. So any any more than that, if he's playing ten to fifteen games a year, it's going to be more than he's going to get at Selwick. So yeah, good for good for himself, I think, and and hopefully, fingers crossed, overall, it's good for everyone. Yeah, at the end of the day, he needs to prove that he can hold down a first team place in order to justify competing for a first team place at Celtic, and. Aberdeen is a much better level than any of the other options that were available. So I think, yeah, good experience of the league, like you guys have said. Um, a good opportunity to basically try and become the Ryan Christie 2.0. Um, and Aberdeen, well, they, you know, anything that helps them do well against the Huns is all right in my book. So, yeah, again, a win all round, I think. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to get into... The um, 
the Derby preview. Before we do that, though, there's a question, and I have to bring it up. And, Sean, I'm going to throw to you to answer it. But the reason I've got to bring it up is, first of all, there's a couple of good points. Second of all, the person's name. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to... <laughs> no, I, I shan't say the name out loud. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a clever one. Uh, we'll answer so, this game as a grand final and have the boys running through a brick wall. Massive game to win and lose. Psychological damage could result if one or other side melts down. Uh, the short answer is no. Uh, if you caught the Joseph Janovich uh, interview, he was put up for the, the pre-game uh, last night. And he specifically stated that we were approaching it the same as any other game. Uh, and he, he said, he literally said, will we play in the game as if we were playing Hearts or Hibs and uh, building up the same way. And Brendan Rodgers used to take that approach as well. And that's what a lot of top managers do now as well. It's um, it's never uh, never as high, never as low. And, you know, um, play the game, not the occasion. Uh, fire in your belly, ice in your head, all that sort of stuff. Uh, basically try to keep players on a level because if they get too G'd up, it can actually be counterproductive. Uh, and you've seen it when we scored against Dundee United and Ange was, you know, he didn't celebrate. He was like, calm down, calm down, mm-hmm. calm down, keep the head, you know, like, so he's one of those, Ange's the kind of manager who's just going to try and keep it on a level. And Iranovic is straight up came out and specifically answered that question. All right. So what we'll do now is we'll go round and we'll go, who do you think will play? So, That'll be our starting lineups. We'll start off with that. What I'll do before we even get into that, though, is I want to touch on the Rangers starting lineup because we'll start with that because Mm. the Rangers lineup is going to tie into other things we're going to talk about later. So I've got their lineup for their three-old draw against Ross County. So they have McGregor in goal, back line of Barisic at left back, Bassey, Goldson at centre back, Tavernier at right back, Midfield of Arebo, Kamara, and Arfield. And up front was Itten as a striker with Kent and Diallo out, outright. For me, I think Itten won't start. I reckon it'll either be Roof or Sakala who will be starting the striker. The rest of that lineup, I think, will be the same for the game. That's who I think they'll line up. Now, what do you guys think? Any think I'm okay with that, or do you think there'll be any other changes? Remember, Morales is away. It's Itten. Sitting in a, in a hotel somewhere on a stand or something for Colombia, not playing. No. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, then that's right. Yeah. McGregor may get dropped, but probably not. Okay, so when we go to their lineup first, now the reason I brought that up the last couple of seasons, Tavernia, right back. Who's been playing left back for us? No one's really done anything to make him have to actually defend. He's in for a torrid time, in my opinion. And this is one of the storylines to watch in the game. Will Jota make him look second rate, third rate, fourth rate, or <laughs> put him in the retirement home? That's the first thing. On the other wing, you've got Barisic, who's not very quick. And you've got a barter who's pretty rapid over the first three or four steps running at him. I see some weakness in that back line of theirs. And Bassi was at fault for one of their goals on the weekend against Ross County because he's a natural full-back playing centre-back for him. Mm-hmm. I think their back line is there to be got at. And 
you touched on it earlier, Sean, about Jack Macus, and he didn't play well on the weekend. Do we start? We got our wingers. We know what they're going to be like, but do we start Maeda? He's only played 20 minutes last night for Japan and play him for first half or, or an hour? Or do we go with Jackamakis for 45 minutes to an hour and then put Maeda on later? That's the first question I've got for you. Is what do you guys think we will do on our starting lineup based on what we think they're going to do defensively? So, Sean, what's your starting lineup? I'm pretty sure Ange said that Maeda wouldn't start. I think he said he was just swaying on whether he would be on the bench or not. Come on, Ange so, also said that Kyogo was nowhere near fit and then he played him just before Christmas. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, for me, the choice was between Jack and Marcus and Abada up front. Because, um, uh, look, um, Jota's obviously a stick on at the left wing. Could could get ugly, as you say. Could be Balagun coming on at half time so Tavernier doesn't get sent off or something like that. Um, yeah, and you're right that those centre backs could be got at if we do it correctly. And I don't think, I necessarily think Jack and Marcus is the man to do that. Um, and the question then is just who joins Abada and Jota? So you're either going to put Abada on the wing with Jack up front or you're going to be playing Forrest. Some people have been floating the idea of Ben Doak starting, which I don't think is the worst idea. His decision-making was off, but like he's an unknown quantity. He's enthusiastic. The only player... He's already now, after 20 minutes of game time, ahead of Mikey Johnson in the pecking order. So... It's not that out there. I mean, yeah, basically, but if you're being realistic, it's a choice between Jack and Marcus and Forrest to partner Jota and Abada. Yep, do agree on that. What do you boys, Liam, John, do you agree with that? Yeah. Mm, I would, um, I'm just thinking, if you look back to the, the Ross County Rangers game at the weekend, uh, the defensive error that came from Ross County's second goal was due to basically Ross County physically getting in about them and forcing errors in their central defence. And the other two were goalkeeping errors. But I don't think, if McGregor plays, I don't see him making the same kind of goalkeeping mistakes again because he has a he has a good goalkeeper and he does tend to save his best games for against us. Um, but... I think that um, Jack Amakis can create that physical, um, how can I say, that kind of intimidation factor and rough them up a bit. Because if it's that same central defensive pairing as Rangers had at the weekend, then you could drive a bus through that and Jack Amakis can be that bus. Mm. Um, Then what you do is, assuming that Maeda makes the bench, which I think he probably will, you then have the option after an hour, how's it going? Do we either move a badder into centre-forward like we did against Dundee United and bring on Forrest, or do we take Jackamakis off and just switch him straight for uh, for Maeda? Um, either way, you've got, a, you've got fresh attacking impetus coming on, running at tired defenders who have just who have been ran ragged, hopefully, by Abada and Jota for a, at least an hour, and roughed up a bit by uh, Jackamakis. So we just got Patrick Miller in the comments saying the exact same thing as you've just said. Yeah, I, I think that. I think that personally, that's how I would go. Um, 
and even better if the rumours are true that Cal Mack might make a comeback, then we're going to talk think, on that midfield yeah. in a minute, Liam. So yeah. we'll uh, yep. discuss that that dynamic in a couple of seconds. But key thing on for me, called the podcast tonight, Derby Days. I'm I'm calling it, Maeda off the bench, whack whack. It's going to happen. <laughs> Double for Maeda. So I, I think I I definitely think I think it's a given that um ah, look I think my age is probably is coming on right I, I I would just wouldn't be surprised that's happening I don't we, we can all say he's not starting right I think um I think that'd be a lot to ask of him I I actually think what we're probably going to see is Abada down the middle to start and we're going to see Forrest and Jota and then I probably we'll probably see Jackamacas coming on. Um, to hold up the ball a lot. And and when the game sort of comes down, I think that's what he's been doing very well previously. Um, and then we might actually see Maeda coming on as a winger instead and coming on for Forrest, somebody like that, and leaving Jota on. Um, I, yeah, I, I just don't see Giacomacus starting as uh, something that, look, it hasn't, I just don't think he's had a good game. I don't think Andrew would risk it. Um, I think it's telling if he doesn't start as well. I think if Giacomacus doesn't start, then that's a real indication of where Ange thinks he's at because he's, you know, he's a, he's a fit striker or our only fit striker at the moment. Oh, they've got Ayeti as well. But um, look, he's, he's the, um, you know, first fit striker and, and, he, and he probably won't start. So, or in my opinion, he won't start. Um, there's a couple of things I think we as well is worth bringing up. I think in, for the past, what, two and a half, three years as well, I think some of these really big games we've played against them, um, reason why we've lost is because we've lost it in the middle of the pitch. So I, I I do think that will be a really big factor for us is who we actually play in the middle and how those uh, how those boys actually play. If they if they don't turn up, even if you have your best midfield, they don't turn up. I think we can lose in the middle really easily. Um, so talking so, about that, John, we'll use that as a segue into who's going to be our midfield three. Sure. Who do you think it'll be then? Um. Well, God, who do I think or who do I hope in my heart? Hope in my heart. Okay, go yeah, I, I, I generally do think McCarthy's going to start and I think McGregor might come on. Um, and we're going to see Hatati and we're going to see O'Reilly, right? And and God, big, big game for the two of them just starting out. And this is a huge game um, for everyone, but for them. And look, and, and from what we can see of them, you know, as long as they don't let the occasion get um, too much for them, they're perfectly capable of rising to this occasion. Um, it, it's, it's just, I'm just not confident with McCarthy and... If McGregor is fit and and he's given the green light, he will start. But I'm just a bit of a cynic in that sense. I don't know if he will actually start. We really do desperately need him. But um, I would be far more comfortable if it was Hatate, McGregor and O'Reilly. I'd be dead, you know, okay, I can breathe a little sigh of relief there. Um, that's, my, that's my middle. And, I, and just before we go on, I think the only other thing I think would be really interesting defensively is how Angie's inverted wingbacks go. Because, you know, they've got they've got wingers and they are pretty, you know, quick. So, you know, not having having that big space in behind, it'd be interesting to see. Starfelt and Kartavikas aren't exactly the quickest. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he actually does that or he asks them to change it up. Or... On that defensive thing there, John, my response is it's not about the wingbacks, it's about the press. We lose it, win it back sooner up, sooner up the pitch. That's going to be the key thing mm, more than anything. I agree. But what is the midfield? For me, I don't think it'll be McCarthy. I think it'll be O'Reilly, Hatate, and okay, 
Hopefully it's McGregor. If it's not, I want a proper six in that role there. So Itaguchi, go make yourself mm. famous. Is he back from injury yet? Nobody. I don't think anyone asked the question. Yeah. That. Yeah. If, he, if he's fit and available, there you go. Get stuck in. It can't be sorrow. McCarthy, no thanks. Nah, just can't. It'd be, like, I just don't think they'll have the game that we will desperately hope that they had. I think they'll just, I think they'll crumble, to be honest. Worst case scenario, I could see this happening. Ralston at right back. Left back will be Taylor. And then you put uh, Juranovic as a six because he's played there before as well. Yeah, That's somebody was... scenario. Yeah, was it a Croatian manager or something was saying that? I can't remember. Somebody was floating that idea. He's played before for Croatia. So that could be an option as well. But I'd rather keep him at right back because he'll be going up against Kent. So, yeah. Yep. I agree. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. And, and look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ange just throws in the McGregor curveball. He'll be wearing some mad Spartan mask or something. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sean, what's your take? What's the midfield and dynamic going to be? And what do you think the back line will be? Yeah, with so many players out, I don't really I don't have anything to add, really. We're, we're not too much to choose from there. Uh, yeah. It might, like, whoever comes in, it's their chance to, to prove themselves, you know, with five centre mids out. Or whatever it is, um, backline, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be Taylor. And look, Taylor's actually a good defender. It's not his defending that I'm concerned about when he plays. Uh, and Ralston defended brilliantly in the last uh, Sevco game. So yeah, but he's been on poor form. So it's a hard one. Yeah, probably Iranovich as well. And there's no question it's going to be CCV and Starfelt at centre back. Yeah, it's just there's nothing else. Now, Liam, before yep. you talk and tell us your your lineups and everything, just want to pre warn you: you might get spooked by that um, scarf that's come loose behind. <laughs> I noticed that as well. <laughs> oh yeah, enough. yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, what are you um, thinking of midfield? I um, well, I th- I think that the the idea that Ange is going to throw in something we don't expect, I think midfield is where it's going to happen. We could get either Idaguchi or McGregor, or possibly even both of them. Um, but. I think O'Reilly and Hatati both should be starting. Um, it's just a question of who is the third of that midfield trio. Um, I hope it's McGregor. I think it might be Idiguchi. Um And then uh, you would have, hopefully, now you might disagree with this, but I would play Juranovic at left back and I would have Ralston at right back supporting the, the midfield three. That would be how, how I would play it. Because Rangers like to bully teams. They like to get forward and get on top of pe- top of teams. If we have Juranovic and uh, Ralston constantly pressing up, and then ahead of them you've got Abada and Jota, or Forrest and Jota, then basically the best form of defence is attack. Keep them constantly on the back foot. And I think having the two attacking full-backs... I agree with what Sean said. I think Taylor is is a decent defender, but I think that he doesn't offer that much in an attacking sense. And I think it's better to have attacking fullbacks against a team like Rangers. Would they play out and out wingers now? Uh, before under Gerard, the wingers really tucked in and the mm-hmm. fullbacks went on the, the overlap. Uh, but now they don't really do that. Now the Kent and Diallo will be really play quite wide now. So it yeah. could be. 
problematic for our fullbacks. Mm. But that's what I mean. If if we keep the, the constant forward press, those wingers aren't going to get the space to do what they want to do, hopefully. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. So what we'll do is I've got a question for you guys that Willie Innes put through. Is this a must-win or must-not-lose match? For him, it's the later. We must not lose it. Sean? Yeah, I, I mean, if we'd drawn with Dundee United, it was a must-win. But I think uh, staying within two points uh, is okay. Like, it's there's 15 games left in the league, and three of them are against Sevco. So 20% of our remaining games are against Sevco. Uh, I think it's must-not-lose rather than must-win. Even though it's been so long, I really want to win. You know, but I do agree with Willie. It's probably more just not lose. John, what's your take? I, I, that's exactly how I feel. I think um, I think it is absolutely, look, if you're objectively speaking, it's a must not lose. But God, two and a half years, three years, it, is, it does feel like a must win. It's got, to, it's got to happen at some point, for Christ's sake. Do you know what I mean? I mean, this is the strongest we've been for a while against them. So, yeah, must not lose, but really in your heart, it's a must win for me. I, uh, I'd agree. Must not lose. But I think if we could win it, there's a domino effect there. Because yeah, their sure. bottle, well, they will well and truly have a crash of their bottle if we if we win and win, if we can win well. Because they've then got a tricky game against Hearts coming up right after it. And, uh, you know, you could have a full a full switch. You know, we could go from we could go from being two points behind to being maybe four points ahead within the next couple of weeks if they go on a wee slump after we beat them. I think that's so, some serious counting of chickens early on. <laughs> the talk was, Liam, and you said if we were going into the uh, like going into the Christmas break or the winter yeah. break, you mm-hmm. said if we were within six points, you'd be happy with that. Yep. This is the game that was supposed to be the last one before that winter break. So for me, I'm looking at it in that, that time frame like what you were saying. So Aye. what you've said, Liam previously was six points. Now, the fact we're going into this game with a chance to be top and a point clear, to me, it's set up real nicely. It's a must-not-lose, as you guys have said, keep the margin as it is. But I think it's both. I think it's must-win because we can't afford to lose, but at the same time, we have to win this game. Mm. We've got to put a line in, a line in the sand moment no more losing to these these pricks. It's been too mm-hmm. long. One of the things we've got now, things to discuss here is Sevco's dominance that you put on there, Sean. It's been too long. It's been way too long. It's got to happen. And it's set up perfect in that their form hasn't been that great since we've come back. We've closed the gap down to two points. We can go clear. It's at home. Under our lights, 60,000 Celtic fans in there, cheering us on the script is written itself we just have to create the create the finished article it's all there for us go get it done boys yeah it's been two years and five months and ten games or whatever since we we last beat them when Johnny Hayes scored at Ibrooks um in that time uh the ten those ten games we've scored seven goals against them across ten games uh, Ross County have scored seven goals against them in the three games they've played this season. Oh, that's horrible, dear. Jesus Christ. So we're going to play some Saggy style. I'm currently wearing the strip that we had on the last time we beat them. 
Try to break the curse. Yeah, new, ba new balance. Good, good job it's not me that's wearing the strip that last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully by tomorrow I'll be wearing the strip that was on the last time we beat them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jared, what will you be wearing? What's that? <laughs> when? For the game. Just whatever. Yeah. I have an I have an interesting top that I was gonna put on for, for the game, but you know, then I realised it has Edward twenty two on the back, and I'm like, nah, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> as long as you get your sussies on, you'll be right. Hey, yeah. <laughs> All right. So last thing we want to talk about this before we do our score predictions is who's gonna captain the team. So for me, I'll start it off. A pecking list goes: if Kelmax playing, then that's him. If he's not playing, then honestly, wouldn't look out of place the captain's armband on either Joe Hart or Carter Vickers. They're the two I can see. Mm. What do you think, Sean? Oh, well, as you say, it's pretty straightforward. It's either McGregor or Hart. And if McGregor's in, it's McGregor. If McGregor's not, it's Hart. Uh, my understanding is that's just the kind of next man up. Because... Uh, the last few games, it's been, oh, is it going to be Hart or Bitton? And it was Bitton. But now with him out, it's going to be Hart. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think, I think, think it's a, a given. It will be Hart. Yeah, I Joe Hart. And, and obviously, that's only if McGregor's not playing, right? It's obviously of course, I. going straight to McGregor if he's back. Yeah. Paul McGinley in the comments, we beat them in the League Cup with Big Julian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we're talking about yeah. We're talking about yeah. leagues, yeah. leagues, leagues, leagues. No, I, he's right. That was more recent. Yeah, I just yeah, that is more recent. Mm. Yes, but talking about if we're talking about beating them in the league, then it's been a long time there. But you're right. But even in that game, we played like absolute, absolute crap. So yeah, wasn't anything special. So yeah, we got to win. We got to win, and we got to get it done properly. Easiest way here. Yeah. Here comes the fun part. Rangers fans who are tuning in or watching this after the fact and you wanna you know wanna pick on us. I'm just gonna come straight at you now. It's happening. We're winning. <laughs> and I've already said Daisy Maeda will come off the bench and score two. two. I'm gonna do you pricks four one. And the ones because you always get your token penalty. <laughs> <laughs> come at me. I do you like your ambition? Sean, what are you expecting? Oh, well, I think we might get our token red card. Uh, so hopefully we're already three goals up by that point and it's probably going to finish 3-2 after that. Hmm. Johnny? Yeah, look, I, I think it's going to be tight, right? I think it's going to be one of those games where um, it might be 1-0 up until like 65, 70 minutes. Um, I'm going to say 3-1. I think we might just break the seal. We're winning. Winning 3-1. Jesus, God. Wouldn't go the other way. Yeah. Lane. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say three now because Joe Hart is going to save the Rangers penalty. There you <laughs> go. Even better. So, my thing we mentioned early on about no Morales for Rangers, and I actually reckon that's a dish by scratching for them for this game because he gets that in his head wound up usually that he just balloons things elsewhere. So, Mac. Actually, being realistic here for a second, playing Sakala or Roof through the middle is actually an upgrade for them against us and playing Morales there. So, yeah, I said one has a penalty, but, yeah, 
I think those I think Roof in particular could be a questionable player. And I'm just gonna single out a couple other their players to keep an eye on would be Arebo. I reckon this season's been one of the best players in the league. Taking the green tinted specs off, to be honest with you. Um yeah. He's one of those guys where we're really gonna have to clamp down on him to make sure their midfield doesn't overnight because that's where I think they've won these these last few games. They've smashed us to bits in the midfield. Yeah, they have. Yeah, remember, remember, um, uh, Aribo was on that that um, viral bloody list of players that we were watching or trying to go for and stuff. So, oh, the paint just, yeah, that 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 um, I don't know, whatever it was, um, uh, meeting minutes or something. But it's it's interesting that we at the time decided if God, like, we take it for face value. Interesting that we didn't go for him and and how he's been doing. I think we all probably jeered a little bit when he signed for for Sevco and stuff. And um, yeah, he's a, good, he's a good player. I think Roof is also having a shocking couple of games as well. So if he does start, I'll, I'll probably be okay with that. Um, not, not being able to stay fit either. So yeah, this look, not that I'm, I look, not that I might know much about him, but this Diallo bought for 20 million, all that stuff. Does that mean he's good? Maybe, maybe not. Um, scored in his debut. So he's probably right up for it. I think those are some of the danger players for me. I'd um, I'd be worried about Ryan Kent. That bastard always has a good game against us. Um, he uh, he's he's a danger man for them. I agree with you that Aribo is the definitely Rangers' best player this season, and arguably one of the best players in the league this season. Um, really has come on phenomenally well. But their goalkeeper looked suspect at the weekend. Their defence has looked suspect for a while now. I, I could see it. I could see it being a game where both teams score, but I definitely think we've got more firepower than they have, and we have a more solid defence than they do. So, those are the two factors that will win it for us. All yeah. Right, so last thing I want to quickly touch on: we've got the derby. That's all that matters at the moment. Off the back of the derby. I've just twigged what, what you mentioned earlier, Liam, about, you know, we beat them and then the domino effect. Mm. So after we play them, Rangers have on the weekend, it's they're playing against Hearts. And then midweek, they're playing against Hibs. We, yeah, come, off back, we come off the back of the derby. We play Motherwell and Aberdeen. So... Yeah, it's going to be – it's all there to play for. This next two weeks is unbelievable, yeah. to be honest with you. It's going to be um, – get the win. That's the main thing. And then worry about those other games. But, yeah, I could see them doing what you said, Liam, and having a bit of a uh, domino effect there. Something will give – I tell you now, I don't think that Celtic and Rangers both – will necessarily win those next two games after tonight. I think somebody will drop more points somewhere in the next in the next week. Um, might be us, might be them, but I think I don't think the gap's gonna be the same in a week's time as it is after tonight. Yeah. Well it, it, just uh just to squeeze in a little question to all of us and it doesn't have to be very long, but we haven't really talked about probably the big transfer at the last minute for them. 
um, with Ramsey from Juventus going. Do we? Do, look, I tell you how I feel about the whole thing. Right, I think I think Aaron Ramsey's day has been and gone, um, but I still think it is a big signing for them. I think it's a huge signing. It's really good for Scottish football in general as well. I still think personally our signings have been better. Now I understand that we're all dead bias and you know green tinted specs and all of that stuff, but I think ours just fits into a better system. How do you guys feel about it? If he started, would you, would you be worried? Or I, I think he's, I think he's probably out. I think he's I think he's actually been signed injured. If, I, if you're reading right, but they, they said he's not in the squad for tomorrow. Yeah. Tonight. If he was to start, would you would you be worried? Not if it was tonight, no. Maybe worried in March, but no, I don't think a, someone who's not kicked a ball in months is going to be a threat tonight, no. Yeah. No, it, it's a panic buy. It's it's a it's a Freddie Jungberg style move. It's uh, their fans were raging after they didn't win at the weekend. They're worried about tonight. This was uh, Juventus wanted to offload the guy, and. From what I understand, they are still paying almost all of his wages. Um, it's purely uh, an exercise in PR for Rangers. It's a good exercise in PR because it, it immediately changes the narrative from, oh, shit, we're not playing well and we've got Celtic next, to, oh, look, we've just signed a superstar. You know, um, that's you know that's that's how, obviously, with the help of a very compliant media in Scotland, they managed to manipulate the narrative. But changes nothing he's not going to play tonight and even when he does play he's not the type of player who's going to drastically alter their team he's a good player he's a very good player but i don't think he's a match winner and players like hatati and maeda and the fullness of time possibly o'reilly as well are guys who could step up and win a match for you i don't think ramsey is I think he's good at what he does, but I don't think it's I don't think it's what Rangers needed. Rangers did not need another midfielder. They needed to do something about their defence. Um and they possibly needed more striking options. They did not need another midfielder. It stinks of panic buy to me. Or panic loan in this case, because they can't afford to buy anybody. Being being completely honest with this signing, I thought if they were gonna sign him and when they were first linked with him that they must have been selling someone like a Rebo or Kamara or someone would have been leaving. The fact mm-hmm. that none of them have left and they've added him to the mix, I just I just don't see it. He, don't need him. I look at it and go, he's a good player. And as Sean said, if it was in March, I'd be worried about him. If he was playing tonight, I wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's when's he going to play? Who's going to drop out? Are they going to drop out Arfield? Are they going to drop out? Who's, whose spots he going to take? Mm-hmm. And... Further to that, it's. I think it's the sort of one where, okay, if he's on 300,000 euro or whatever a week and Rangers are paying how much? Like 30, 30 grand a week, something like that? At most, yeah. At most. Yeah, he's on 400,000 a week, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, insane. whatever he's on, if they're paying at 25, 30 a week of it, how's that fit within their pay structure of the club? There's a huge, huge risk that they're taking because I think, honestly, if if it doesn't work out and they don't they don't win the league, I think they're in. I know almost wishful thinking, but we can all see the the um, financial sheets. They're in trouble. They're in massive trouble again. That poor it's wee face paint has just been bumped even further down the line. Hasn't it? <laughs> 
Yeah, so anyway, enough about them. Yeah, enough about so, them, yeah. I was in for the game, can't wait. It's going to be a long-ass night to, you know, get up at 6 a.m. or whatever to watch it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Let's get the win, Celtic. And we'll go to our final thoughts that we do at the end of every pod. I'll go first because, you know, I just want to want to give a shout-out. Seeing that Wraith Rovers have signed David Goodwillie, and we play Wraith in the Cup next time around. That's why I brought this up in particular. Shout out to all the board members, staff there, the women's captain, all their players who have walked out in protest of Wraith Rovers signing a convicted rapist. Disgusting and well done to everyone who's walked out. I agree with you. Yeah, David Badwilly. Um, <laughs> uh, oh dear. <laughs> Uh, and oh, <laughs> yeah, well, if they're at, well, they're at it, they can sign Mason Greenwood as well. That's uh, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, uh, and we should probably say on. we should say alleged rather than convicted, just because you know civil case yeah. and stuff. But um, look, I, look, my final thought, and I don't know how much uh, this has been going about, um, but I saw a lot of chat saying that you know Forrest is probably past it with him coming off and stuff um, and these, uh, whether we believe in these late rumours, um, late transfer window rumours that he was off to hips on loan and stuff. Um, my final thought is basically, I, I just don't see, I, I just don't see that this is Forrest's, we've, we've seen the best of him. I, I, I generally think we're going to get some one or two really good seasons out of him still. And the reason why I think that is, I think he's at the age where, you know, he's starting to get to his, abs- where he's probably at his absolute best now. Um, but I think Forrest really thrives when he's got competition. Now that we have a batter and, you know, he's got he's just coming back from an injury. We've got that competition again. I do think we're going to see Forrest become a much bigger um, team player than he has previously. I just don't think he's past it, what a lot of people have been saying. But, yeah, Forrest, good good times with Forrest still to come, I think. Yeah. Um, I would just like to say that I think we're... We are on the peak of something very special with a Celtic team and just putting together something that's going to really serve us well in the years ahead. And I believe we can win tonight. But if we don't, just remember this is just part of an ongoing process, right? Worst case scenario, we are still only five points behind them after tonight. Absolute worst case scenario. And I said, if we were six points or more, or less behind them going into the the new year, which is effectively what this is, we would win the league. And I stand by that. Even if we get beat tonight, I still think we'll win the league. But I hope we don't get beat tonight. I'm sure we're going to win. And Sean, do you have a final thought? Oh, yeah. Mine's was Mason Greenwood. Hopefully never kicks a football again. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, everyone. thanks Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already done so, please join our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Celtic Down. Give us a subscribe to our, our YouTube channel and us on your podcast app, Celtic Down Under. Come the Celts. Can't wait for the game. And hail, hail. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Job it.